Welcome back to the Rectify Setting the Record Straight. I am your host, Kiana Sanchez, aka Keo, and I'm back with you with another episode. This is episode 22, and I'm really glad to talk about the things I want to talk about to you guys about today because I, like, let's just say I've went through some things recently where the Lord has opened my eyes to some stuff, and I, I just had to get my heart, my heart posture back in order, back in the will of God, because Needless to say, I have screwed away in some things in some areas of my life, and I need to get them back in order. So, uh, first things first, the title of this episode is Unlearning Religion and Learning Kingdom. I want to talk about this because this is a, a big, like, stump that is in the, the place where we call the body of Christ. It's in there, and it's, you know, literally people thinking they're in the body of Christ when in actuality they're not. And we have so many different man-made doctrines and things that we listen to and go by and it's not even from God. So (laughs) I want to get into this topic with, you know, not only urgency, but with all seriousness, because these are things that, you know, most people shy away from talking about. And it's not just that they shy away from talking about it, they dismiss it because Listen, we all know the the most people who were against Christ were the religious people. And many people have a religion and they don't know kingdom. So let's get into today's episode. All right, you guys, I know that a lot of people are, are very much aware now if you've listened to any of my, you know, older episodes that I am going to talk about the kingdom of God. Because that is the purpose and intent of why Christ Jesus came to the earth to begin with. He came so that, you know, he, the man, um, that men of the world can receive the kingdom back. And many of us have gone into a route of religion unknowingly and ignorantly because we're looking for, you know, this security, this divine peace and all these different things. And we've pretty much tied ourselves in to religion. And sadly, many of us have been led astray, let down, and everything, you know, in between. And I want to encourage people today to understand that the word of God is not a religion. The word of God is about a, 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 a politics. It's about a kingdom. And it's not about of religion. And I, I kind of want to point out the fact that, you know, because of the world's understanding of religion, they think that religion is something that you do because you believe in something. But no, religion has everything to do with man-made beliefs that they thrive on and live according to, to make themselves feel subject to what God has already established. And we basically try to substitute, you know, the kingdom of God with religion and that's what religion is and that is exactly what it means in Colossians 2 and 8 and I know you guys will hear this a million times probably in my podcast where it says beware lest anyone cheat you through vain deceit and doctrines of men and you know uh, philosophies and doctrines of men rather than the things of Christ because many of us are cheated out in life because of religion So therefore, whenever you hear me talking about the word of God, this has nothing to do with Christianity. It has nothing to do with religion. And I know many people will be quick to pull the scripture 
and um, I believe Second Timothy, where it talks about, you know, anyone, not Second Timothy, it's actually in James. In James, where he says, you know, pure and undefiled religion before God is this, you know, um, helping the widows and the orphans and the, the poor. So I know people will try and jump to that and be like, well, this says this. No, what James was trying to make people understand is not that they should have a pure and undefiled religion. He's saying, well, if your supposed religion that you follow is of any good or any worth, then it should be doing these things. And he was just simply pointing out that this is what the kingdom does. So if your religion is anything good, it should be doing what the kingdom does. So that's what he was trying to point out. He wasn't trying to tell people to have a pure and undefiled religion. So before people try to misconstrue that and be like, well, it says this. No, read what it says beforehand before you just jump to that where it says religions. We, we can't pick and pull words and scriptures from the Bible and apply it to what we think it means. And this is something I can honestly say I have done before. So we have to be very mindful of that. But some of the things I'm going to be sharing today are things I've learned from the teachings of Dr. Miles Monroe. So you'll understand this is not entirely something I learned on my own. This is something I've learned from someone who has been taught by the Holy Spirit. And of course, with the leading of the Holy Spirit leading me to take notes and to even uh, write scriptures myself that he brought to my remembrance, I will be applying those things as well. But we have to first understand... What is the difference between religion and kingdom before we can actually understand kingdom? Because one thing people fail to realize is the thing about repentance and why Christ said to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, he's saying change your way of thinking and your way of living and your way of believing because this is not what I intended for you. This is what I intended for you. So he's saying change your way of thinking because I have now brought something that is, you know, good for you, something that is worth thinking on and worth living according to. And that's what he was implying when he said, repent, because I, I know we can all go back to the scripture and uh, I believe it's Second Corinthians chapter 10, where it talks about repentance. And it says that godly sorrow works true repentance. And people have to understand the thing about godly sorrow. Yeah, we have our worldly sorrow of things, but godly sorrow is understanding that you're, you're you know, you're not right. <laughs> godly sorrow is coming to the realization that, wow, I, I really haven't been doing things the way that God needed me to, and now I would like to. And that is a godly sorrow because it's a realization of where you're at fault. So when we say that godly sorrow works true repentance you have to understand if you don't understand or know that you're living according to a lie then you're not going to feel sorry for living in that lie and that's what a lot of people fail to realize that's why we need repentance repentance is a realization of where your mind is not set on the right things and then therefore you're you're making it your business to acquire to set it on the right things and the right things is of the kingdom. I want to also point out some things. I may not give the full entire scripture, but I will point out scriptures that are in Matthew, Luke, John, and Mark that talk about these things. Because when Jesus came talking about the kingdom, 
He said, this is the very purpose for which I've came. He said, I came to restore the kingdom of God in the earth. And many of us are preaching about how, oh, we're called to deliverance ministry. Oh, we're called to this ministry and that ministry when our ministry should be of the ministry of Christ, which is preaching the good news. And the good news is the kingdom of God. And many of us aren't doing that. And then people are so, you know, they're so religious. They're saying, oh, the end is near. Oh, the end is near because of everything going on in the world. Listen, these things have been happening since, you know, the fall of man. So there's nothing new under the sun, just as Solomon was trying to explain to people. He was like, none of this matters if you don't have an understanding of the truth. If you don't have a knowledge and understanding of the truth. And when he talked about wisdom being folly, he's saying many of you are applying your own understanding. You're not applying the understanding of the Holy Spirit. Many of you don't have a wisdom of God, but you have the wisdom of man. And many of you are knowledgeable in things, but it's not the knowledge of God. And that's why when God said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge because they have rejected the truth is simply People are living off of lies. They're living off of half-truths that the enemy has convinced them of. And they think that these things are, you know, the truth just because it, it agrees and accommodates their opinions. And that's one thing that makes us very religious people. is because we try to accommodate our feelings rather than living according to the truth. And... A lot of times our feelings can be very much wrong and people can think that their feelings aren't right. But like the word of God says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but ends in destruction. So it's a thing that we can think and feel and do and think it's right and it not be right. So when you read Ecclesiastes and you like that, that's what I had to do. I had to go back and read these things because I, I came to a realization that what Solomon was trying to say about the people is that their ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and, and no, it's not bliss. And that's in itself is an ignorant saying, but their ignorance is what's killing them. And he was like, because you're choosing not to acknowledge the truth, because we choose to go about things according to, you know, the principles and, and, and traditions and all these different things, the rules set up by man, and we ignore the divine and natural things of God, we perish. And that's where we are today in society. This is why the world is in chaos and this is why everything is out of whack and, and in discord because people don't know the truth and they have rejected the truth for a lie and they're, they're going according to man-made doctrines and principles and everything that's cheating them out of the things of God. So understand when I talk about these things is because I truly want people to be free I don't say this for the praises of men. I say this because I have been somebody who had blindfolds for a while. And I won't say they were entirely blind. <laughs> I wasn't entirely blind, but I seen enough to where I was like, okay, this isn't entirely everything I need or want. But there's something else there. And listen, we know the word of God says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. What is righteousness? You have to understand that righteousness is right alignment with the will and, and the purpose and intent of God. It's right alignment with the laws of God. That's what righteousness is. So those who hunger and thirst to be in right standing, to have the knowledge of the truth and things like that. 
He said, you will be filled with them. So if you truly desire these things, God will make it very much plain to you. He says it in his word. He will make it plain. So we have to stop thinking that God can't reveal things to us. And we have to stop relying on these pastors and preachers because these people were positioned, yes, to help us and guide us. But we know that the Holy Spirit is the, the best teacher of them all. This is why we must get an understanding for ourselves, like the word of God says. And I believe it's Proverbs 4, either Proverbs 4 or 7, where he says, with all you're getting, get wisdom. And with all you're, you know, you're doing or getting, get understanding. So we have to make it our business to know the truth. We have to make it our business to apply it. Just like James talked about in First John, he was like, you know, don't just be hearers of the word, but also doers. Many hear the word, many know scripture, but they don't understand it. Many know and understand scripture, but they don't apply it. I can be, on, I can be honest and say that sometimes I don't apply scripture. Not sometimes, most times I don't apply scripture. So... We have to not just be hearers of the word only, but also doers. Because if we look into this perfect law of God and we see all that we need to do and we walk away from it and forget who he intended us to be, then, you know, we're setting ourselves up for failure. But if we look into this word of God and we memorize it and take it with us everywhere we go, we're setting ourselves up for success. Success isn't something that we should pursue. Success is something that we achieve. Matter of fact, not I won't even use the word achieve because achieve have everything to do with pursuit. But success is a, is a result of the things that we have accomplished that is in the will of God. So just like the word of God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know we're all familiar with that verse. He says um, that... The Lord knows the plans he has for us of good and not of evil to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us hope for an expected end. And if we stick to the plans of God and rely on the plans of God, and we know that the plans of God can only be fulfilled through his law, then that tops everything that religion has taught us because religion tells us that grace cancels out the law. No, grace does not cancel out the law. When Jesus said he came to fulfill the law, he wasn't saying that, oh, I'm going to fulfill it and you guys don't have to worry about doing it no more. Grace gives us the ability to fulfill what the law tells us to do because we can't do it in our own strength. And grace comes through the Holy Spirit because if you think about it, what did he say we'll be sealed with until the day of redemption? He said, you'll be sealed with the Holy Spirit if you believe on the truth and you receive the Spirit of God, you'll be sealed with him. And the Holy Spirit is the grace that we need because he helps us to fulfill the will of God. Just like it says in, um, I believe it's Philippians chapter 2, he said, God works and wills in you to do his good pleasure. So we have to be very mindful of the fact that the, the will, what is the will of God for us? And if we don't know the will of God for our life, or if we don't understand the purpose and intent of why we're here and we're just living aimlessly and not fulfilling what God has called us to do, then we don't know and understand kingdom. I want to point something out that Dr. Miles Monroe said about the kingdom. He mentioned, I believe it was in 
Matthew 25 and 34, where Jesus was talking with the disciples and he asked them a question. And he said, who does, you know, who do you say I am or who do, you know, you believe me to be? And they were like, well, the people say you're Elijah. They say you're a prophet. They say you're this. And they're pointing out all these different things. And Jesus was like, nah, I'm not none of those things. Because one, we have to understand Jesus was never a prophet. And I know some people will probably be like, oh, that's blasphemy. No, it's not. Because a prophet is someone who speaks on the behalf of God. And if God is Jesus in the flesh, then how is he a prophet if he's speaking on his own behalf? And then Peter came out and said the truth because the Holy Spirit gave it to him. And he said, you are the anointed one. In other words, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the, son of, the only son of God. And Jesus said, upon this rock, <laughs> glory to God. He said, upon this rock, I shall build my church. Now understand this, the rock represents the foundation. And he said, upon this foundation, I shall build my church. Now the church is not a place where we go to meet up and just play religion all day and we get a religious experience. No, that's not the church. It says the church is simply, and I like how Dr. Miles Monroe broke it down. He said the church is simply a diplomatic agency of the kingdom of God. The church is an operation or in other words, an organism that is influenced by heaven and the earth. That's what the church is. And Jesus said, upon him being the king, the anointed one, he's going to build his church. He's going to build a people influenced by his kingdom. That's what he was saying. And when you read throughout the entire gospels, Jesus taught nothing else but the truth about the kingdom and what the kingdom stands for and why the kingdom is of an importance. Because when he, if you read the parables, not once in the parables does it talk about his death or his burial or his resurrection being the gospel. He talks about the kingdom. He said the kingdom is likened to this. The kingdom is likened to that. And he never once said my death, my burial, and my resurrection is likened to this. Because after that was pointed out to me about the kingdom of God, I could not see the Gospels the same. The Gospels talk about the good news of the kingdom. And it explains what the kingdom is. Jesus even said, he's given us the keys of the kingdom. He said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. That you may be able to bind on earth. Whatever you bind on earth will be loose. I mean, bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, whatever you lock up will be locked. And whatever you unlock will be unlocked. And these are all by the keys of the kingdom. And he's given us many of them. And those were the instructions. It was his laws. It was his commandments. So how can we say that we, we live under grace? Listen, when we say we live under grace, it's saying we're living under the influence of God to help us abide by his law. We're living under his ability and his strength. That's why he says no one can save himself or boast in himself to say he saved himself. That's what he means in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 10 when he talks about 
us being saved by grace through faith in him. That no should, no one should be able to boast in himself. He's not saying just simply something that sounds good. I know many people just take that and be like, by grace, we are saved, not by the law. No, by grace, he's saying, because I came and I was able to fulfill these things through, through myself, I'm able to fulfill it through you also. Only if you believe. Only if you be obedient to my law. Jesus said it clear as day in John chapter 15. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he said, if we remain in him, we'll bear much, much fruit. But if we don't abide in him, listen, we'll be cut off and thrown into the fire. So in other words, in order to obtain the mercy of God, in order, not the mercy, in order to obtain the grace of God, you have to be obedient and believing of him. And his word. And many of us don't understand that. That's why so many people are lost and they can't come to this understanding of the knowledge of the truth. It says that true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. And what did Christ bring on the scene? He brought grace and truth. Grace is of the spirit of God. Grace isn't just merely some unmerited favor because that's what we look at grace to be. But grace is the ability of God. And we know that the word of God tells us in 2 Timothy verses 1 and 7. He said, for God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And because of the spirit of God... We are able to do what God requires of us. We are able to fulfill the law. We are able to live in obedience to the law and purify our souls from unrighteousness. And yes, I understand that the blood of Jesus has cleansed us. But understand this, we have to still have our souls purified. And the word of God tells us in 1 Peter that we purify our souls by obedience to the word of God and through fervent love. Through fervent love. I, I just want people to understand this. That religion has such a foothold on many of us that we can't see past it and we can't see kingdom. We live according to religious programs instead of the, the essentials of the kingdom. Everything that Christ has taught us is to set us up for success. But we dismiss it and paint our own pictures every single time. Every single time. And that's not what Christ wants. That's not what he wants at all. I want to point out this word about dominion before I mention the verse that I'm going to mention. But dominion in Hebrew is rada, R-A-D-A-H, rada. And it means kingdom. And kingdom means a governing authority, well, a governing authority of a king over a territory. Now, remember, God told Adam to have dominion in the earth. He gave us the ability to have dominion. In other words, to have authority 
over territories, as the territories, but territories here in the earth. This was what God commanded Adam in the beginning. In Genesis, I believe it's chapter 1, verse 28, if I'm not mistaken. And he told us to have dominion in the earth. He said, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the lands and have dominion in the earth. That was what God gave us as a purpose. And yet we have missed it. If you read, I believe it's either in First Peter's or Second Peter's, if you read in the book of Peter's, you'll find where it talked about us being called, you know, to be kingdom priests of God. We were called to be kingdom priests. And the thing about it is, many of us don't understand what a priest is. And a priest is someone who communicates with God directly. And the beautiful thing about it is, we know that Christ is the high priest. <laughs> but he's also called us to be kingdom priests in the earth. In other words, people, we were supposed to be kings and priests in the earth. Having dominion over, well, having, you know, governing authority over territories in the earth through the, the will of the kingdom. That's what we were supposed to be doing. And we, we were able, we're not we were, but we're able to have direct communication with God through prayer. And it's such a beautiful thing. And we miss all this because of, you know, the lack of understanding, the lack of, you know, knowledge of the truth. And like the word of God says in the book of Malachi, he was talking about the Levitical priesthood because they, they had failed to present the kingdom of God to the people. That's why that, you know, priesthood died off. And now the only priesthood that remains is the priesthood of Melchizedek, the priesthood of Christ. And that's a topic for another time. But we have come so far from what Christ has taught us. And it's like pretty much I explained it to my mom one day. I said, we have gotten to this place where it's like we're all standing in line waiting for this bucket of water to be poured into our bucket. And as the water is being poured from one bucket to another, some of the water is splashing out. And as it gets to, you know, the next bucket is losing more and more water. And that's pretty much how our learning has become. We're wasting away. We're only giving bits and pieces or people are only receiving bits and pieces. I won't say we're only giving bits and pieces, but people are only receiving bits and pieces of the truth because they want things to accommodate the lifestyle that they want apart from the kingdom of God. But that's not the thing. That's why so many people hate Jesus is because he doesn't line up with their emotions. He stick to kingdom. He stick to the divine laws, the laws he created. Because these things are made to not only protect us, but it's made to help us be successful. And it's also created to keep us in order and not in a sense of control. Because the second people hear 
order or obedience. They think of control and manipulation. No, that's not the case. These are the things designed to help us properly function so that we can be successful and we're not out here stressed and sad and depressed or anything. That's the importance of the divine and natural laws of God for man. Because he has the laws that he created from heaven, and then he has the laws that he created in the, in the terrestrial realm for, you know, men. And many of us go against these laws, and instead of, you know, us thinking we're breaking and violating these laws, the laws turn around and break us because we violated them. If you do the opposite of what the law requires of you, there are built-in consequences. The same way if you try to operate something in the wrong manner, there's going to be a malfunction. And that's how life is. God has given us a set of things to help us live successfully. He's given us the laws and the things he's given us so that we could have successful lives and lives that are of good and not of evil. And that's what sin is. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is scraying away and violating the law. It's trying to oppose the law. And that's what sin is. It's trying to separate you from the will and nature of God. So we have to unlearn all the, the negative and false things that we've occupied our our time and our minds with from religion and we have to learn of the kingdom of God and learn to not only know and understand it but apply it to our life knowledge wisdom and understanding these are very important things we know that the word of God says that the beginning of the fear of the well the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and it's also the beginning of wisdom and understanding. So we must make it our business to get an understanding of the truth and allow the truth to mold us and shape us into the vessels that God desires us to be. Because if we don't, we find ourselves living in a manner that's displeasing to God and we'll wander around in this life aimlessly, always stressed, trying to figure out what to do with our life next when God has already given us the keys to help us unlocking, to close, you know, the things that we need to. It's all about us putting our, you know, taking this time to put one foot before the other, making the effort to go in the direction that God requires of us. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and everything that you have need of and everything that you lack will be given to you. He never said, seek out why Jesus died and this and that, and then all these things will be added to you. No, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He says, seek the kingdom and seek his laws and everything will be added to you. And not just seeking. Seeking doesn't just mean looking at it. Seeking has everything to do with exploring. It has everything to do with the intent of, you know, earnestly pursuing it. So let's not overlook the things of God because of 
you know, our feelings, our emotions. Most times we look into the word of God to encourage us for a moment, but the word of God is not, is not something that we just use for a, a ointment treatment when it was supposed to be something to protect us. The word of God is a shield. He said the shield of faith. What is faith? Faith is dependency on the unforeseen realm, knowing that the God whom we can't see, but we have seen, and I'll explain that later, but the God we can't see, but um, whom we have seen, he is capable of fulfilling all that he promises. And we know that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we must make it our business to pursue the kingdom of God with everything in us and to understand his law, his divine laws, keep his commandments and live by them and will fulfill all things. He said to love your, your God, to love the Lord that God with all your mind, body, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbors as you love yourself. And these are the two greatest commandments and they fulfill all the law and prophets. All the law and prophets hang from these things. So we have to make it our business to know and acknowledge the truth. Unlearn religion and learn kingdom. Just like Lauren Daigle said in her song, Losing Religion. I'm losing my religion. That's what, that's what I'm doing. I'm losing it. Because religion has everything to do with man. It has nothing to do with God. Religion tries to substitute God with man and man-made ideas and plans and schemes. It's doctrines of demons. This is the Rectified Setting the Record Straight. I am your host, Kiana Sanchez, a.k.a. Kio. I want to encourage everyone, read your word. Meditate on it day and night like the word of God says. I also want to encourage everybody to read uh, Joshua chapter one, verse seven, and you will understand why I say that the kingdom is what's going to make you successful. Because just like he told Joshua, he said, be strong in the Lord. <laughs> and he said, meditate on his laws day and night. And if you apply these things to yourself, he said, then your ways will be prosperous and successful. Now, I paraphrase that, but I encourage y'all to read that. There's gems all throughout the Bible that's encouraging us to, to be a part of the kingdom. And we got to get there. But on that note, you guys be blessed.